Is it ever right for us to use the term Palestine when we talk about Israel? It's common to hear Christians use the terms Israel and Palestine interchangeably. But is that biblically and historically correct? That's the question we'll answer now on Foreshadows Report. Welcome to Foreshadows Report, a podcast in which we study Bible prophecy and see its relevance for our lives today. This is Steve Miller. There are many Christians, and especially non-Christians, who think that the term Palestine is synonymous with the land of Israel, but it's not. And there are many Christians today who assume it's okay to call the Holy Land Palestine because the term appears on the maps in the back of their Bible. But what many people don't know is the history of the word Palestine and what it means or doesn't mean. That's our focus in this episode. So, is it ever appropriate for us, as Christians, to call the Holy Land Palestine? To answer that question, let's start with what the Bible itself says, and what it doesn't say. There are several passages in the Old Testament where a Hebrew word is used that is translated Philistia, and there are some who believe this can be translated Palestine. In every instance, that Hebrew word is never used to refer to all of Canaan or all of Israel. Instead, it refers only to a thin strip of land along the southern coast of Israel next to the Mediterranean Sea. This strip was known as the land of the Philistines. The Bible names five different cities that were inhabited by the Philistines, and these cities were all within a small region. So nowhere in the Old Testament is the term that's translated Palestine ever used to speak of the entire land of Israel. Now, there are some people today who claim that the Arabs who identify as Palestinians are descendants of the ancient Philistines, but that's not correct. The Philistines were not native to Canaan or the surrounding region. If you look at Deuteronomy 7.1, you'll see that the Philistines are not mentioned as one of the original seven nations in Canaan. History tells us they originated from the island of Crete and as far away as Greece, and they migrated across the Mediterranean Sea to Israel. So we can legitimately say that the Philistines were foreigners. They were not a Semitic people, and they are not ancestors of the Arabs. One reason we know this to be true is because the Philistines were largely wiped out by the 6th century B.C., they were killed or taken captive by the conquering armies of the Assyrians and Egyptians and Babylonians. Several hundred years before Christ was born, the Philistines ceased to exist as a people group. So again, there is no connection between the ancient Philistines and the modern-day Palestinian Arabs. The Philistines were a seagoing people, and they were foreigners in the land. Again, nowhere in the Old Testament is the entire land of Israel ever called Palestine. And the term Palestine did not appear at all in the New Testament. It's very unfortunate that there are many Bibles that use the term Palestine on their maps in reference to Israel. And there are also people today who, when they talk about ancient Israel, they use the word Palestine. But to do that is incorrect. 
for two reasons. As we've already seen, the terms Palestine and Israel are not synonymous. And more importantly, the term Palestine applied only to one small portion of the land for a limited period of time. To call ancient Israel Palestine is anachronistic. It is to take a term that's used in one era and impose it backward into an earlier era. It would be like drawing a map of the modern-day European Union and labeling it the European Union in the days of the Apostle Paul. The European Union didn't even exist at that time. Likewise, it's not correct to use the term Palestine when we're talking about biblical Israel. The term Palestine was first applied to the Holy Land by a Roman emperor in AD 135, after the Bible had already been written. And it's important to recognize that during the New Testament era, Rome referred to the Holy Land as Galilee and Judea. So before AD 135, Rome did not call this area Palestine. Here's the story of what happened. In AD 132, the second Jewish uprising took place against Rome. This uprising is known as the Bar Kokhba Revolt. Keep in mind that Rome had already wiped out Jerusalem and destroyed the temple in AD 70. More than half a million Jewish people were killed. Many of those who survived were pushed out of the land. But a sizable remnant of Jewish people remained. And a bit more than 60 years later, they attempted to free themselves from Roman rule. The Roman Emperor Hadrian crushed this revolt in AD 135 out of anger and hatred for the Jewish people. Hadrian decided to call the land Palestine. This was intentional. Hadrian knew that the ancient Philistines had been an enemy of Israel, so it was with contempt that Hadrian took the name of a former Israeli enemy and imposed that name on the Holy Land. Hadrian's purpose for doing this was to eradicate the memory of Israel from the land. He wanted to wipe out the memory of the Jewish nation. This was a fiercely anti-Semitic action on his part. So if we use the term Palestine to refer to Israel, we are keeping alive what Hadrian intended to be an expression of contempt toward the Jewish people. It wasn't until the 19th and the 20th centuries that the term Palestine started coming more into regular use to describe this region. And it's important to note the following points. One, this Palestine has never had fixed borders. It has never been a country with specified boundaries. Instead, the term has long been used vaguely to describe a general region. Obviously, the western edge of Palestine has always ended at the shoreline of the Mediterranean. But how far east did Palestine go? The 1911 Encyclopedia Britannica said that it is practically impossible to say where the latter ends and the Arabian Desert begins. It wasn't until after World War I, when the Allies won and the Ottoman Empire collapsed, that the land was divided up and the first real borders were drawn up. Two, all through the centuries there has never been a Palestinian nation nor has there ever been a Palestinian language or culture. No Arabs ever created their own nation here. Three, from a historical standpoint, 
There is no record of an ancient Palestinian civilization that ever lived in the Holy Land. Nothing that is comparable to the ancient Roman, Greek, or Egyptian civilizations that lived in their own land and had their own governments. For, from the time of Rome's conquest in AD 135 and onward, the land that belonged to Israel has been controlled by different empires. It has never been its own country with its own government. Most of the empires that had possession of this region had no real interest in maintaining it or supporting those who lived there. 5. There has always been a continuous Jewish presence in the land. Even though Rome scattered the Jewish people all over the world of that day, there have always been pockets of Jewish people who have lived in the land. We know that in the 9th century, there were good-sized Jewish communities in Jerusalem and Tiberias. In the 11th century, there were Jewish communities in Ashkelon, Gaza, Rafa, Jaffa, and Caesarea. The Jewish presence in the land continued all during the rule of the Ottoman Empire. And six, here is an extremely important fact. It wasn't until recent decades that any of the Arabs in the region began to call themselves Palestinian. For a long time, all the Arabs who lived in the Holy Land considered themselves to be ethnic and cultural Arabs who were from a variety of different Arab nations. They considered themselves to be Egyptian or Jordanian or Lebanese or Saudi Arabian. Let's go back to when the British took over the region after World War I. It was the British who dusted off the term Palestine and began to use it to describe a specific entity. They used the term to describe what is now known as Israel and Jordan. Interestingly, the Jews who lived in the land originally did not like the name Palestine because they had not forgotten Emperor Hadrian's attempt to banish all traces of Israel's history. And originally, Arabs did not use the term Palestine because they saw the area as part of southern Syria. When the British called this territory Palestine, the Arabs who lived there did not consider themselves Palestinian. In February 1919, at the first congress of the Muslim Christian Association, the Arabs presented a resolution that said this, We consider Palestine as part of Arab Syria, as it has never been separated from it at any time. And in 1947, the Arab Higher Committee issued a statement to the General Assembly of the United Nations that said this, Palestine was part of the province of Syria, and politically, the Arabs of Palestine were not independent in the sense of forming a separate political identity. And there was one Arab leader who, before he became a top official of the Palestinian Liberation Organization, said, It is common knowledge that Palestine is nothing but southern Syria. What this tells us is that there was a period of time when the Arabs did not attach any significance to the term Palestine. They didn't identify as Palestinian, and to them, the land wasn't Palestine, but part of Syria. After the British mandate called the area Palestine, it took a while for both Jews and Arabs to begin calling themselves Palestinian Jews or Palestinian Arabs. But they did this only to indicate the fact that they happened to live in the region that the British 
had identified as Palestine. They did not use the term in the sense that they perceived Palestine as a country. At the end of the British Mandate, the United Nations created a partition plan that would give some of the land to the Jews and most of the land to the Arabs. The intent was for the two peoples to live side by side, but the Arabs firmly rejected the plan. So much so, that when Israel declared itself a nation in 1948, within 24 hours, five Arab nations, along with military assistance from two others, attacked Israel with the intent of wiping it out. Even though the Arabs were given the majority of the land, and even though the surrounding Arab nations were many times larger than Israel, the Arabs were determined to destroy Israel. They wanted to expel all Jews from the land. In fact, the Secretary General of the Arab League described this attack as a war of extermination. But against amazing odds, Israel won the war. And what happened to the Arabs who didn't want to live in Israeli territory? The surrounding Arab nations refused to welcome them into their country. In other words, the Arabs who lived around Israel rejected their fellow Arabs who happened to live in Israel. During the 1960s, some Arab leaders came on the scene and began to perpetuate the idea that the Arabs who now live in the West Bank and Gaza are a homeless people. Ever since, there have been many Palestinian leaders and organizations that have portrayed Israel as an oppressor and the Palestinian Arabs as victims. What many people don't realize is that before the 1948 war, the Arab nations surrounding Israel urged the Arab civilians within Israel to leave before they attacked Israel. And the Arabs who evacuated were promised that when the Arab nations won the war, these Arab civilians could return and take for themselves what the United Nations had given to the Jewish people. When the Arab nations lost the war, many of the Arabs who had moved ended up being displaced. And remarkably, the surrounding Arab nations of Egypt Jordan, Syria, and Lebanon refused to accept these Arab refugees, even though the Palestinian Arabs were ethnic Arabs who had roots in Egypt, Jordan, Syria, and other Arab nations. They were rejected, and they were put into refugee towns and camps. Even today, with the war going on in Gaza, Egypt has absolutely refused to allow Palestinians from Gaza to enter Egypt. And the same is true for the Palestinians in the West Bank. The West Bank used to belong to Jordan, but today Jordan refuses to allow Palestinians of the West Bank to enter Jordan. Part of the reason is that Jordan already has massive refugee camps filled with Palestinians, and Jordan does not want more of them. There are many people in the Western world who don't realize that the Arab countries all around Israel have refused to offer help to the Palestinian Arabs. Instead, they have deliberately used the Palestinian Arabs as pawns to generate sympathy for the Arab side of the Middle East conflict. You may have heard of the Palestinian Liberation Organization, also known as the PLO. It's a terrorist group founded in 1964, and it was long headed up by Yasser Arafat. The PLO had a major role in starting to use the word Palestine 
to identify a certain segment of the Arab population. The PLO declared its purpose to be the liberation of Palestine by armed force. And in using the term Palestine, the PLO meant all the land from the Jordan River to the Mediterranean Sea. The PLO wrote what's called the Palestinian National Charter, which clearly states that the PLO's goal is the complete elimination of Israel. Today, that same goal is shared by Hamas in the Gaza Strip and by the Palestinian Authority in the West Bank. In 1977, an executive committee member of the PLO, I might not pronounce his name correctly because of my deafness, but I believe it is pronounced Zahir Mossein, made a very revealing admission during an interview with a Dutch newspaper. Listen carefully. These are words spoken by a top official within the PLO, which at the time was the leading voice for Arabs who identify as Palestinian. The Palestinian people does not exist. The creation of a Palestinian state is only a means for continuing our struggle against the state of Israel or Arab unity. In reality, today there is no difference between Jordanians, Palestinians, Syrians, and the Lebanese. Only for political and tactical reasons do we speak today about the existence of a Palestinian people, since Arab national interests demand that we posit the existence of a distinct Palestinian people to oppose Zionism for tactical reasons. In other words, the Arabs wanted to use the term Palestine for propaganda purposes. They wanted to create the misperception that there is a displaced and homeless group of people who are horribly oppressed by Israel. Yet the reality is that the Arabs who call themselves Palestinians are determined to wipe out Israel and take the land entirely for themselves. And they are determined to do that by whatever means they can. We saw that on October 7, 2023, when Hamas invaded Israel. Hamas brutally killed more than 1,200 Israelis and kidnapped another 240. At the same time that these Arabs want to eradicate Israel, the nation of Israel has allowed 2 million Arabs to live within its borders. These Arabs enjoy the same privileges and rights as their fellow Jewish citizens. It is actually Israel that has been accommodating toward the Arabs in their midst. And it has been the Arabs who have not only rejected the Jewish people, but also the Arab Palestinians. The so-called Palestinian problem is not an issue about land and borders. We know that because every serious peace plan that has been proposed to the Palestinians has been firmly rejected by them. They do not want to coexist with Israel, and they are violently opposed to the two-state solution. I talked about this a couple months ago in a podcast titled The Obstacles to Peace Between the Palestinians and Israel. You can listen to that podcast for more detail. In it, I give a rundown of the many peace plans the Palestinians have rejected for nearly a century. So when Christians use the term Palestine to describe Israel, they are echoing a term used by Emperor Hadrian, who hated the Jewish people and wanted to obliterate their connection to the land. To call Israel Palestine is to be unbiblical and historically incorrect. 
It is to be disrespectful to the Jewish nation and to brush aside the fact that it was God Himself who gave the land to the Jewish people as an everlasting possession. To use the term Palestine is to accuse the Jewish people of being occupiers when they are not. God gave this land to Abraham and his descendants. There has always been a Jewish presence in the land, and in the 19th and 20th centuries, when Jewish people began moving back in larger numbers, they bought the parcels of land on which they live today. They acquired the land fairly and legally, and they turned deserts and swamps into productive farmland. The Jewish people did not take the land by conquest. Israel's right to be a nation has been affirmed in multiple ways. First, God gave the title deed of the land to Abraham and his descendants. He told Abraham that this promise of the land was a forever promise, and there has been a continual presence of the Jewish people in the land all through the centuries. We also have the Balfour Declaration from 1917 and the United Nations Partition Plan of 1947 both supported the recognition of this region as the homeland of the Jewish people. Israel was admitted as a member of the United Nations in 1949 and is recognized as an official state by many countries all over the globe. Today, Israel is considered one of the top 10 nations in the world, and it has consistently had an amazingly positive influence on the global scene. The Bible tells us there is coming a day when Christ will return, and it affirms that Israel will have a very special place at the center of Christ's earthly kingdom. We are told that our Lord will rule the world from Israel, from his throne in Jerusalem. In Zechariah 2, verses 10 through 12, we read this, Sing and rejoice, O daughter of Zion, for behold, I come and I will dwell in your midst, declares the Lord. And many nations shall join themselves to the Lord in that day, and shall be my people. And I will dwell in your midst, and you shall know that the Lord of hosts has sent me to you, and the Lord will inherit Judah as his portion in the Holy Land, and will again choose Jerusalem. For these reasons, it makes sense to honor Israel by calling it the name that God himself gave. For us to call the land Israel is to give honor to God. My hope is that you found this to be an informative episode of Foreshadowed Report. As Christians, it's vital for us to have a clear perspective on what is happening in the Middle East. The nation of Israel is ground zero for Bible prophecy. And the better we understand what is happening there, the better grasp we will have of God's prophetic plans for the future. Foreshadows Report is a weekly podcast. If you'd like to stay in touch daily, you can do so by following me on social media. Every day I post updates on Telegram Messenger channel. If you'd like to receive these updates, just go to my website at stevemillerresources.com. There, you'll see a link that takes you to Foreshadows Report on Telegram. Or you can go to Telegram Messenger channel and sign up to subscribe to Foreshadows Report. Thank you again for being with us for this episode. And in closing, I want to say thank you to Harvest House Publishers for sponsoring this podcast.